promised you this morning that I would try to be considerate of your time tonight, and I will do that. If you don't know much about me, you know that, well, let me just tell you, what you see is what you get. Sometimes it's a little bit too much, perhaps, but I think some of you need to understand you're not the only person that's ever had to go through a trial. you got to keep going in spite of all of that. I didn't say any of that to brag or boast. I hope no one misunderstood me this morning, but I do know the Lord spoke to us. I hope He spoke to you. I know He did to me. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verse number 20. The scripture says, and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them and the the magistrates, rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Moments, you may be... I'm going to hold off my title for a few moments. You may be seated. Followers, everybody say followers, followers, everybody say it one more time, followers, sounds like a religious term, but it has taken on new meaning in our day, I tell most everybody that I'm a dinosaur, and the more We go on in life, the more I realize how much of a dinosaur I am. But it's an acronym, a slang that has become part of the internet and social media forum. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, many others have all made this connection possible. It simply refers to those who are interested in your feed. They're following your thoughts, your comments, your post. It simply means that somebody took the time to stop, look, listen perhaps, and then even post and share their own thoughts about what you have said. They are, in some sense, a fan. They're a follower. And then it becomes 
a reference to popularity because the more followers you have, the more important a person that you are. I didn't realize this, but there are many people that are becoming wealthy on social media because of the number of followers they are able to attract. And the more followers that they get to a, to, to, to come after them and watch their posts, they get companies that will pay them money to advertise. I missed the boat a long time ago on that. I probably wouldn't do well on social media anyway. Don't worry, I'm not getting on it anytime soon. They're telling us about people that are reading and watching what we are doing. Maybe you're a Facebook person or Instagram person or a Twitter person. And perhaps you even have followers tonight. They give you the thumbs up when they like what you say. They've got a connection to you that whatever you post immediately pops up on their screen and they're aware of it. They want to know what you have to say. They want to know what's going on in your world. As a matter of fact, reality TV has become mainstream television now because we are the nosiest people in the whole creation of God's green earth. We got to know what's going on in somebody else's house. I have enough trouble keeping up with what goes on in my house. I'm not interested in finding out what's going on in yours. But that's the world we live in. But you listen to me tonight. Even if you are not on Facebook, or you are not an Instagram person, or you are not a Twitter person, little do you realize how many people are still watching you. How many people are still watching you. You see, there is an unintentional effect of our witness on people that is critically important. In our text, Paul and Silas had been thrown into prison. I would not do justice tonight to try and describe what had happened to them. And I would not be exaggerating in any way if I were to enumerate their sufferings. They were beaten and not lightly. Most often what they were beaten with was a rope with strings that had objects attached to the end of it so that when they hit the flesh, it pulled a little bit of that away from them. They had been beaten severely. And with wounds untended, they were thrust into what Scripture calls the inner prison. It was nothing less than a foul, stinking dungeon, some dark, dank, dismal place far back in the recesses of a cave. And it was there that they sat in cold, and darkness, and in cramped quarters. Their feet were shackled, and everything in their circumstances was against them at that moment. I'm certain that they really didn't feel like doing what they did. 
I think Paul, in spite of his deep spirituality, was still human. And I found out that it doesn't matter how often you speak in tongues or how deep you walk in the Spirit. There are still feelings involved in my spiritual journey that have to be dealt with. And, and I can say tonight without any doubt that they, I'm certain, did not feel like doing what they were doing. But Paul was not going to allow his feelings to run his life. Amen. Give me a nod on that one. He wasn't going to let feelings dictate. Though their feet were fast in stocks, their voice wasn't. You know, as bad as it may seem sometime in your life, you're not as bad off as you think you are. Because as much as the devil might want to do to you, there's always something that he is incapable of doing. And he could bind them in in shackles and he could thrust them into the inner prison, but he couldn't silence their voice. They still had a say. Isn't it great to know you still have a say? Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what's happened. You don't have to become a victim of your circumstances. You don't have to be just somebody that life is pushing around, but you can have a say, and they did. And at midnight, everybody say midnight. Now, that's not really the time for this kind of activity. Midnight's the time for sleeping. Midnight's the time. I I hated when we had all-night prayer meetings and Brother Kilgore would ask for people to pick the two or three o'clock hour. And somehow I got volunteered for that. I didn't always pick pray at two o'clock in the morning, have clear thoughts. It's not the time for me to pray. You may be a person that can pray at two o'clock in the morning, have clear thoughts, but I I don't do real well at two o'clock in the morning trying to talk to God. And I'm sure God had a giggle every once in a while. I remember one all night prayer meeting, Brother Gerald Morris and I had when we were in revival in Livingston. And we had prayed. We were so earnest. We were praying. And uh, we had been there since about 9 that evening. We had had church, gone home, got a snack, and came back to church 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. And we started praying. It was about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm, I was having to walk around the auditorium. And Brother Morris was up on the front. And he was moaning and travailing in the spirit. At least I thought he was. And I was walking to try to keep my mind alert enough to say something cognitive to God. And I'm listening it out of the, out of the back of my mind. I hear Brother Morris saying, Oh God, I know you love souls. Oh God, I know you love your people. Oh God, I know you love shrimp. And when he said it, we both woke up. <laughs> and there was this long silence. And then you can figure out the rest. Our prayer meeting was over. But midnight, that's not really the time for this activity. And yet they were oblivious to the time. Somehow their faith 
overcame the shame of incarceration. And it overcame whatever human fears may have tried to creep into their minds and hearts. And it definitely overcame the pain and the suffering that they were going through. These prison walls, I am sure, had heard a lot of things in their lifetime. But I don't think they ever heard anything like they heard that night. I've been into a few prisons in my lifetime and I will tell you, I've heard some things there that I didn't even know you could say. It's not a good place to be. And it's not typically a place where you're going to hear good things being said. And yet on this night, these prison walls reverberated with sound that they had never heard before. And the scripture says, and the prisoners heard them. Now, I was reading recently the New Living Translation in the book of Acts. And this is what the New Living translate that to say. The prisoners were listening. And when I read that, I just stopped and the Holy Ghost began to speak to me and began to tell me that whatever we may be going through and whatever we may think about our present situation, we must always be cognitive that somebody is listening to us. And they're listening to see how we are going to respond to our troubles. They want to know whether or not what we say we believe is true. And more than that, they want to know whether it's true under all circumstances. Now, I know it's easy to worship at the long and the kids of everything's going well in your family and you and your wife are getting along and the kids are behaving and the boss is treating you right and life is being fair to you and everything's going along as it ought to go and it's kind of peaches and cream and all of those good things. But they want to know what happens when life turns upside down. They want to know what happens when the bills are not able to be paid. And when the boss doesn't treat you fairly. And when life throws you a curve. Something you cannot understand. I know this may work when the sun's shining. But I want to know, does it work when the storm breaks? The world wants to know when your troubles come. Does what you confess you believe. All that we sang about tonight. Does it work in the midst of your trial? Does it work in the midst of your storm? And is it worth holding on to no matter what happens in your life? And the prisoners were listening. Somebody is listening. Somebody is listening. They're listening to you. They're following you. You didn't even know they had clicked on your page. But when they found out that you were a so-called born-again believer, they started looking at you in a little different light than they looked at Susie Q in the next cube. 
Because they want to know if what you say is true really works. And more than that, does it work all the time? Now, it's not hard for anybody to to, to, to worship when you know God's blessing. It's not hard to worship when God's just pouring out His abundance on me, and every time I turn around, it's here, there, and gift here, and the gift there, and and, and by, I'm just, I just, it's just like I, I, everywhere I turn, God's goodness is popping up everywhere. It's it's not hard to give a praise to God for that. But what about when life turns upside down and when nothing works? What happens when life strikes at you and they hit you so hard that it leaves marks on you? What happens when life beats you down and then tries to handcuff you in some little place and put you away and and isolate you and marginalize you into some little compartment and, and, and see they're really wanting to know, does it work in there like you say it works out here? They want to know that when the fire is up, is there still something in you that can look at the fire and say, I'm not worried about that because I already see somebody else in there waiting on me to get there. He's been there since he went in there when the three Hebrew boys needed him and he's never left the fire since then. They're wanting to know if what we say we believe really works. And they're listening. They're listening to how you respond when life deals you a lemon. Oh, I'm going to get real close to you right now because we don't like, we like preaching that, that makes us feel good and, and we can shout. We don't like preaching that gets close to where we live because the reality is many of us fail the test when it comes to living for God under pressure. You know what? We don't need to fail any test because this works whether you're in a prison or you're out of a prison. It works whether you can see the light or you can see no light. It works whether you've got pain in your body or you have no pain in your body. It works whether you've got stripes on your back or no stripes on your back. It works whether everybody loves you or nobody loves you. I'm telling you what God has put in you works all the time. And the world needs to know that. And they're listening to see what I am going to say. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Hallelujah. You can be seated. The world is watching to see how I respond to my troubles. And they are watching to see how I behave when all is against me. You talk about revelation. Woo! I've been around some people in my lifetime that talked in tongues more than Paul. And they walked in the Holy Ghost. It seemed like more than Jesus did. But man, pressure had a way of flipping a switch. And this sweet, loving, kind, tender person becomes a... A snarling, mad, I don't know what to call it. 
I better be careful right now. I'm thinking, what in the world? I am convinced tonight that the unintentional witness of our life has more effect on our world than our intentional witness. When we're intentionally witnessing, they're not always listening. But when they see us going through trial and they see family problem and they still watch you and you're faithful and you worship and you pray, that's when they're listening. That's when they're watching. And they're saying, hey, there must be something to this. This isn't sunshine Christianity. This isn't some kind of lollipop for your trouble. This works. It works. It works. Any kind of problem. It works. Your praise works. Your prayers work. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I praise. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you. They want to know whether I can shout with stripes. They want to know if I can rejoice with pain. They want to know if I can preach. I'm not going to go there. They're listening. They're listening. Unintentional effect of my witness. I believe we can do more to win people to God by just living a consistent life than we can in any other. I don't care. I get so sick. I'm sick of Facebook anyway, but I get sick of hearing of people. One week, they put these posts on. Oh, God's so good. God's great. Holy Ghost, Jesus' name, love my husband. And a week later, They put some kind of sarcastic, venom-laced, hate-filled statement. And I'm thinking, what is wrong? Do we have a dual personality here? Bipolar? I'm going to tell you, there's a bunch of bipolar Christian people I know. As long as everybody's patting them on the back, saying, oh, you're so good, you're doing so great. Man, I'm so glad you're in our church. But you let the world go silent to them. They sell up like a tote. Ain't nobody loves me around. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody even knows I go here. Nobody cares. I'm going to go find somewhere else. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I know my words were probably a little crash there, but just listen to me. You need to think about how foolish it looks to the world when one day we're praising him and the next day we're down in the bottom of the barrel trying to scrape our way out looking for Jack Daniels or a fifth or something else. I'm here to tell you, I don't care what kind of season you're in. When you learn how to praise and you learn how to pray, you can pray your way out of and praise your way out of any situation in your life. You can find victory in the midst of the most trying circumstances. Come on, let's praise Him right now. If that rubbed you further on way, just turn around.
Do you understand what kind of witness Paul and Silas had that day? Do you know why they were in prison? Because they wanted to stop them from preaching. They wanted to silence them. That's why they put them in jail. You know, we get these guys out of town, get them out back in that dungeon, we'll be through with this. Ha! You just think you're through with me. Uh, you just think you put me in a place I can't get out. You just think you put me down where I'll never rise up again. Put me wherever you want to put me. You can't put me far enough away that I can't reach out to God and God cannot reach out to me. Oh, uh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They put them there so they could silence their message. And yet at midnight, here they are. Praying and singing praises. And those sounds were waking up and over the walls of that prison and into every quarter, every quarter. The Bible said that the prisoners, all of the prisoners heard them. What kind of ministry they had there that day. It was so powerful that they converted the jailer and his whole household. The unintentional effects of your witness when life has done everything it can to make you bitter and angry and hateful and yet in spite of all of it you kind of you you push your way through the feelings you push your way through the pain you push your way you keep pushing until you get to a place where you can open your mouth and you can say thank you Jesus I love you Jesus you've been good to me Jesus Oh, yes, you have. You've never left me, Jesus. I know you're faithful, Jesus. I know you said if we go through the fire, you'd be there. If we had to come through the Jordan River, you'd help us pass over. So you know where I am, God. I'm just praising you. And the prisoners were listening. I wonder who's listening in your life right now. I wonder who's trying... Hear what it is you're trying to say. And we're all saying something, whether we're saying it or not. We say it by the way we live. We say it by our attitude. I've had people give me better messages by their attitude than they did by their words. Or at least it was clearer. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's not just what we say, it's how we act. You know what the devil loves? He loves to see somebody come into church bummed out. Somebody say, how are you doing? Oh, not so good. He loves that. He loves to see you moping around, dragging. How are things going? Ah, uh, you know. It's going. He loves that. He must be having a party in hell half the time. Because people that have every reason in the world to be glad and every reason in the world to be hopeful and every reason in the world to shout no matter what your circumstances, more often than not are going around living an attitude that reflects something other than what they say. You better make sure your attitude gets in line with what you say you believe about him because your attitude may be doing more to turn somebody off than what you're saying. I'm talking to myself too. I'm not just preaching to you. But somebody's listening. 
Somebody's listening. They know about Christianity when the sun shines, but they want to know about Christianity when it's dark. They want to know when there's pain involved. They want to know when there's hurt. They want to know when you've been done wrong. Oh, 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 don't go there. Oh, uh oh. Don't, don't go there, preacher. Don't, 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 Mark, don't go there tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to, Mark. I'm, I'm, but they want to know. They want to know when life is not fair, how I respond and how I react to what life is doing to me. Amen. What a witness they had. You know what? The devil needs to know he can't silence you. He needs to know that whatever your circumstances, you're not going to keep me from praising and worshiping. Somehow, I'm going to find a way to lift my voice and talk to God. They need to know that our praise is just as fervent when the world has crashed in as it is when all is well. They need to know that it works no matter what. It works. Amen. One of the atheists of of past days said that Christianity was the opiate of the people because evidently all he had ever seen was Christianity as a lollipop that was to make people happy. But it didn't help them learn how to deal with their adversities. Well, I'm here to tell you that Christianity, living for God, is not a lollipop. And it's not an all-day sucker that keeps you smiling and so glad you're doing it. Every door has been locked. Everything has turned against you. And every door has been locked. And you put, you've been shoved as far back in that prison as circumstances can put you. And yet way back in that back corner, you could hear the, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he starts echoing. Thank you, Jesus. And those people look around and said, man, we've never heard anything like this in this place. We've never seen living like this before. We've never seen this kind of demonstration. Not in this place. The world is listening. What could God be trying to accomplish right now under the surface through what you're having to go through in your life? What kind of unintentional ministry could God be orchestrating by allowing life to deal you some of the blows that it has to put you in the place that you are? Don't want to be there? I don't feel like living for God. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like being nice. I don't feel like saying good things. But you push past all of your feelings and you say, you know what? This is not my life. This is not who I am. My greatest ministry can come from my greatest pain. It can come from my greatest sorrow. And my attitude during such times of trial, they're looking, they're listening. Are they going to lash out? 
Are they going to revert back to that person they was two weeks ago? Oh, I know last week, every post was, Hallelujah, glory to Jesus, thank you God, great family, great God, great husband. What about this week? What about right now? What about tonight? Well, you say, I really don't feel like it. You know what? I don't either. I got through preaching this morning. My blood pressure dropped down so low I was seeing spots. I went home and went to bed. But I'm back here tonight because my blood pressure is not going to stop me from preaching one way or the other. It may one of these days, but it's not going to do it tonight. But the world wants to know. They want to know when life does that to you. Are you just going to crater and fall in and say, oh, I can't take anymore. I can't make it. Somebody's listening because they need to know it'll work in this adversity, in this trial, in this situation that God is faithful. He is true to his word. He will not leave you. He may have brought you there so that you could do a ministry there that you would never be able to do if you were outside those prison walls. But he opens a door for you in your present situation. And he says, all right, now, what are you going to... You said you wanted me to use you. And now I am. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Somebody, say it with me. Somebody. Somebody is listening. Somebody is listening. The world needs to know that there are other options to life than cursing and anger and bitterness and hatred and revenge. The world needs to know that praise and prayer can accomplish than anything else you can do. I wish I could get some of you to believe that. There's some of you that are not where you need to be with God tonight. And I've been praying for you. I've been praying God would get a hold of you and draw you. But if somehow you could activate your prayer and you could reactivate your praise you would find that that would accomplish more in your life than all of your complaining, all of your separation, all of your uninvolvement, all of your just coming, going through the motions. Get re-engaged. Get, get reconnected. They did more preaching in that prison cell that night than they had been able to do in that entire city the day before. Amen. And what kind of message are we preaching amid our tears, amid our sorrows, amid our pain, amid our hurts? What kind of message am I preaching? I'll be honest with you. Recently, I had something happen to me. And for a while, I was... I was underneath the snake's belly. I wasn't just low. I was underneath. And I had wallowed in that mire for a little while. And after a little while, it got the feeling so nasty. I come to myself and I thought, you 
are so foolish. Do you think this caught God by surprise? Maybe God's trying to find out if you can live what you preach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's easy for us to tell everybody else, but what about us? We can tell everybody else, oh, you can make it through that, but what about us? Am I making it through it? Do I have the right attitude? Am I, am I able to praise God in, in spite of my adversity? I should be able to because somebody's listening. Somebody you don't even know is watching you right now. They're on the verge of making a change in their life, but they want to know, does this work? Somebody's watching you. They're watching to see what you're going to do. Are you going to pack up and, 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 and try to find another place? Are you going to try to run away? Are you going to try to do this or that? Or somebody's watching to see if how I respond to this present situation Am I going to allow it to determine my destiny? Or am I going to go back to what God has done in my life and say, no, the Lord has ordered my steps. And I'm going to stay in that order, not this order. This is confusion, but this is order. Amen. Reach over and take somebody by the hand. Let's pray together right now. Holy Ghost, I feel you. I thank you for your word. I need you right now. I don't, I don't mean to be brash and 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 bold tonight, God, but I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost. I feel the anointing of your spirit on this place. I feel your touch. I need your hand upon me right now. I need you to touch me. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to move me. I need you to help me. I need you to lift me up and help me understand that I am at my greatest opportunity in the midst of my trial. I am at the height of my opportunity when I am facing adversity. I am in a place of great ministry when I am going through my greatest suffering, my pain, my hurt. Lord, it's then that a song needs to wave through the atmosphere A song needs to rise from my lips. I bless you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. I exalt you, Lord. I glorify your name, O Lord.